Battle College podcast. Uh, it's recorded, this is episode number five, and it's recorded March 19, 2013. And this is sort of a, a special episode for us. Uh, William, why don't you uh, tell us why? <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I am very honored and privileged to uh, be able to announce that our special guest this evening will be author Jim Butcher. Welcome. Hey guys, how you doing? Great. And so this was sort of strange. So I'm sitting around at work and, and those people that know us, William and I work in the same building and, and Will sends me this email. Actually, maybe I was at home that night. I'm not sure. And he's just all like, he, he had, uh, I guess, emailed your assistant, Jim, and uh, she had responded back that you were interested in being in the podcast. And I don't think he had any idea that you would say yes, because he never told me about this plan. This email was totally out of the blues. So uh, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's great that you had the time to, to come on here and sort of talk about LARPing and your experience and especially with IFGS a long time ago and, and sort of talk about what you've been up to lately with both uh, LARPing and SCA and writing and whatnot. Great. You keep, you keep saying a long time ago, like we don't actually know when it was yet. No. So why, why don't we start off? So what is your experience with LARPing? I, I found this great website where you talk about on your, I think it was on your website where you're talking about that you play Nero in Kansas. So can you tell us sort of about how you started LARPing and, and what what sort of got you into it? Uh, let's see. I went off to, to, to college, and I went to the University of Oklahoma. And at that time, uh, this was in 1990, there was a, an IFGS chapter in Norman. Oh, sure. And uh, it, was a fairly, it was a fairly large and active chapter. There were a lot of players who lived uh, uh, in the dorms. I was in the honor, honor storms at the times. I had, been, I had just been, over the previous summer, summer learning Eido from uh, uh, an instructor uh, back home in my hometown of Independence and uh, had gotten into had gotten into. into you know, the idea of swordplay was very appealing to me at the time. So uh, I went out and, and made some weapons out of, at the time, the high technology was bamboo and, and, and plumbing insulation. Oh, and yeah. uh, and uh, off we went and started, and started LARPing. And uh, so I, I started with uh, Norman IFGS, and I played that from 1990 until 1999. Wow, you played until 1999. I didn't realize it was that so soon. I haven't been playing IFGS for very long. I've only been involved on and off for probably about seven years. So, uh, so yeah, okay. Yeah, the last game I went to was probably 2000. I think I went to a, a Colorado game in 2004. Wow, uh, that was a fairly large event. But uh, uh, a friend of mine from Norman had contacted me, and I I just gotten back. To, we had, we had been living in Pennsylvania. We just moved back in the Midwest, and uh, he's like, "You got to come to Colorado with me for a game." I was like, "Oh, okay." And I dusted off my old fighter and went to Colorado. <laughs> so, the, and what, do you remember what what that game was? Uh, offhand, I can't remember the title of it. Uh, I, I, what I mainly remember about it was there was some sort of there was some sort of temptress character there. There was there was a great big there was a great oh. big sort of fair in the middle. There was some sort of temptress character who, if you succumb to her charms, you wound up actually getting together with a sheep and uh, have some sort of some sort of horrible STD for the rest of the event that did things to you. I, I, I did not I did not fall into that personally. So I wonder if it was Valadium Four. I think that was the, it was a big town thing. There were lots of quests that came up from the center of it. Does that sound? Exactly. It was a center event. There were quests running out all to the sides, and and at the end you got to fight like an endless wave of bandits. Right. Uh, uh, was sort of the was sort of the big the big finale was an endless wave of, of, of fairly low level soldiers, and that was a lot of fun. Fantastic. So, back in when you played back in Norman, what were the games like back then? Like you said, it was a fairly large chapter. Uh, could you tell us about some of the games, maybe, or, or some of what it was like to play back there with those people? Oh uh, well, I mean, it was it was IFGS, so I mean, there's a lot of different <laughs> LARPs out there. Uh, IFGS is is kind of the uh, uh, sort of the haunted house LARP uh, is kind of the way I like to think about it. Uh, oh, say more about they, that. Well, you they set up the, the you, they, they they would set up the event, and then you would have multiple teams that would all run through it, and they would basically they would all run through the same uh, uh, thing in sequence. Sure. Then at the end of the event, you would you would you would get together, and and everybody would would wind up at uh, a Golden Corral or someplace like that, and and you would all be comparing stories about how your various different characters and parties had handled the ident the same situations sure uh, which was sort of neat yeah, and, and a lot of fun but yeah i mean you would you would you would get your you would get your your team together you, occasionally you would wind up with a theme team more often you would wind up with these incredibly disparate characters that came from completely different universes and and somehow wound up uh, uh, you know on a mission we've we've done uh, that type of team many many times and I, and we've done the theme team too so i, I very much know what you're talking about Oh yeah, and uh, we and we had a great time, and you know there were a lot of guys down there that uh, were actually some fairly serious fencers, and uh, you know so we would practice all week, and and I, I loved pra I loved practicing archery and getting my archery scores up for IFGS, so I nice, could yeah. I could run around and you know drop people with critical arrows and so on. So, so nowadays, like I said, I mentioned before, I I saw on your your blog that you're playing some Nero. Is that the only LARP that you're playing? Are you still playing currently with Nero? Or uh, I also saw some mentions of SCA. 
I haven't done any SCA. I've been playing with I, I played with Nero for a while. Uh, the chapter I was playing in kind of wound up splitting off from Nero and forming a new organization called Heroic Interactive Theater. Okay. Because uh, we always thought that Nero had missed having a really awesome name by one letter. So, Hero, yeah. So we, yeah, so we formed Heroic instead. So we've been doing that for the past several years. Uh, Heroic is a much more freeform, uh, world course-based game uh, where, you know, the characters all show up to the game and then, you know, God only knows what kind of trouble you're going to go off and get into because the uh, the GM, the, the plot staff, and the NPCs are kind of designing the game as you go. Right. Uh, so there, there will be some established stuff set up, but you know, if you get it into your head that you need to go attack the evil queen's castle, then they'll set up the evil queen's castle, and then off you go to do it. Wonderful. And, and you said it was a plot committee, just like Nero, sort of that format. Sort of. You'll have like typically you'll have like a head of plot, or or in heroic they call it the director. You know, they'll be the ones who are kind of making the major decisions on on you know what you're going to run into if you go into that part of the world. What plots are going to come through town to try and hook people into storylines, uh, uh, and then you'll have a couple of assistant directors, and then you'll have, uh, generally speaking, uh, some folks who are volunteering to, to to go forth and die boldly as an NPC. So, it's interesting. I've always been. I've only played Nero once here, and and that's sort of the format, the the open world course at least that that you're talking about. Um, I come from background of of Amp Guard, and then which is more foam buffer combat into this. And the one thing that we really lack here in Colorado that I find that la that makes it hard to do those types of games is we don't have a large good site with lots of structures. And it seems like every time I look at you know these other types of more world course LARPs, they always have these really amazing towns that they can set up through like a Boy Scout camp or or whatnot. And I think that's something that maybe I don't know if that's what you guys that where you guys normally play, but it's something that we definitely lack. Yeah, we've got a YMCA camp uh, where the local chapter plays, and then uh, I just got back from a game this past weekend uh, in Ardmore, Oklahoma, for the for the Dallas chapter. And Dallas ran 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 at the camp there, and they've they've got something like twenty or twenty five cabins uh, that you can rent, and a dining hall, and a couple of and a couple of lodge buildings, and you get the whole thing for like three hundred dollars for a weekend. Oh. I wow. wish. Yeah, we we looked at something very similar. It was eight cabins and that kind of thing, and it was it was basically twelve hundred dollars a day. Oh yeah, and that's so pricey. You just can't do that. Yeah, we really couldn't. Yeah, so a lot of ours end up happening in the the wilderness, and that's why we do the the line courses, sort of what you're talking about, or you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah you just don't have the infrastructure to support it. Does your uh do you, does your family LARP with you, or do you do it? Is sort of is it your thing? Uh, uh, it was my thing, and then as my son got old enough, I decided that it, eventually it was time to teach him the way of fiberglass and foam. Fantastic. And, uh, and uh, so when he was 14, I taught him how to fence, and uh, you know, with, with, uh, well, I taught him how to boffer fence, and uh, we went off to to our first event, and he's uh, he, he'll be 22 this year, and uh, he's still playing. We were down at the game together this past weekend. We had a good time. That's great that you guys can grow up and sort of do that together. I think we're. William has uh, two daughters, and, and I know his oldest daughter, at least, uh, <laughs> had an interesting axe fight with him the other day that I, I heard about. And uh, hopefully she's – how old is she now? Six? <laughs> four and a half. Oh, and, and hopefully she will grow up to be a LARPer as well. Yeah, at four and a half and already having an axe fight with her father. That's awesome. It, it's very – yes, we were, uh, we were very proud of her because the first thing she yelled was axe fight, and then quickly after that <laughs> – <laughs> just shout axe fight and started up that's all awesome. she did and then quickly after that um she said uh she said you know tell me that you're you know that no man can kill you and i'm like no man can kill me and she immediately said no man am i and just went at me with the axe <laughs> that is awesome she's on the right track yes she's well trained so so uh, as far as as far as uh plot committees and stuff like that do, do you do you find that you know sort of having the the, the status and and talent that you do do they try and get you on writing committees and all sorts of do you do you write games or are you pretty much just a run in and participate swing foam kind of guy no i, I mostly run in and participate uh and I, and I mostly like to hit people with foam writing you know writing plot for for a game would be a little too much like work i think <laughs> i can imagine which is kind of an awesome thing to get to say now that i think about it because i, I wow I, I, i'm lucky i have my job <laughs> that's that's awesome. It, it's interesting that you just like to run in there and swing foam because I think that's where William and I started. You know, back in the day, we we came into IFGS and he had been in IFGS for a while, but I came in and that's pretty much all I wanted to do. And slowly, I've morphed into the the writing aspect of things pretty heavily, thanks to William. But but when I first started, I was the same way. I just wanted to get in there and 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 just sort of mix it up with people. So it's good to hear that. I love building the costumes, building the weapons, you know, planning out the tactics and, and working together with other people to figure out what we're going to do. That's, 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 that's where I have all the fun. 
Nice. Back in the day when, when you were playing IFJS and Norman, do you have any um, moments sort of about any games or, or are there any stories that you can sort of tell us that you specifically remember and really like, oh, that was a really great experience? That That's, that is the LARP moment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The Yeah. Come on. It's IFGS. Everybody's got stories and you can't get away <laughs> from them. Uh, let me think here. Uh, I, okay, this is one of my best ones. Was uh, we were we were playing a game, and, and actually, I think the game was running in Tulsa, uh, somewhere up in Bartlesville, and it was some kind of chaos temple. It was a very Warhammery game, and I'm playing my I'm playing my my, my thief Sebastian, and uh, uh, I don't know if they renamed him to Rogues later on in the system or not yet, but uh, no, they're still thieves. Okay, good. I, I I lobbied for that at the time. Yeah, I was playing my I was playing like a seventh level thief, and and we were going through this thing. We had to rescue the princess from the chaos temple. And uh, we got to the chaos, we, we finally got there, and there was a couple of guards outside, and I managed to use concealment and get close enough to one of them that I was able to hop out and kill him because I was a fairly fightery kind of thief. And uh, then I was able to talk to our, our GM into, into letting me steal his uniform and pop my disguise ability. So then I, I actually took the NPC's costume and put it on and, uh, uh, and walked into the temple where they actually had people there and was able to walk by a bunch of people and into the princess uh, and it was great because the you know the, it was the person who was who was playing the princess kind of kind of stops and looks up at me for a second and it takes her a second to realize that I'm not the person who was wearing that costume a few minutes ago and then she doesn't even blink she just sort of looks at me and says aren't you a little short for a chaos warrior oh my <laughs> goodness and that was that was one of my that was one of the high points one of my high points of, of, of me playing my thief that was a lot of fun fantastic so Mike Mike plays a very similar sort of the 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 thief who we cannot convince he's a thief and not a fighter. What are are you? Are you sort of an, an aggressive fighter? Are you a sword and border Florentiner? What's your? Oh, I do all that. Um, these days, I, I like to go sword and board because there's all these there's all these skinny fast people that. Uh, <laughs> I used to be the skinny fast person, uh, uh, but but these days uh, there's there's all these other skinny fast people out there, and and that's why I train the boy up so that he can go fight those people. And I'll, I'll kind of stand back in the background and look cool. Nicely done. But uh, and, yeah, playing my rogues was always it was Florentine, Florentine, Florentine. Right. Uh, I read too many Drizdo Erden books. I think of yeah, course. that's where we all came from. You know that. that oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've been trying to master that crossed swords kick over the top thing for like eight years now. <laughs> I, I'm I'm too old. Do you find yourself are you are you more of a are you more of a technical fighter? Are you more of an instinct fighter? Like how do you how do you think of yourself? Oh, um, it depends on what kind of character I'm playing. Um, Fantastic. I mean, if I'm playing, if I'm playing somebody who is uh, this past weekend, I was playing a blind monk uh, uh, who was a pacifist, and uh, yeah, I, I wore a, I wore a, a blindfold and carried a staff and and sort of just shambled along, feeling my way with my stick, and everybody was was trying to protect me, you know, for the whole you know the whole first five or six hours of the game, uh, until some NPC finally got behind got behind the party, and and I was the only one back there, so I had to take him on, and and that was when everybody <laughs> realized. It was a fairly low-level game, and, and and everybody realized that I'm playing like a 30th-level fighter, uh, which in that system would be like you know dropping into a fifth-level game with a 10th-level fighter. Right. So I turned around and kind of and kind of wailed on this guy, and, and and there was just sort of the shout of Jesus Christ from the front line, <laughs> you know, when when they heard the damage, they heard this huge damage and thought, oh no, we're dead, and they turned around and an old blind guy and had dropped somebody. That's uh, fantastic. But yeah, I don't think, I, our, I don't think our safety officers let us play blind people. Oh, I'm sure they would if the if the gauze was thin enough. All right. But uh, uh, but yeah, I was I was but I, I was I was doing that and you know if I if I'm playing you know if I'm playing some kind of ogre I've I've got this kind of ogre berserker mage character and for that guy he'll just charge right into whatever it is and start lighting it up with magic and then and then pounding on it with a big club. You know, other characters will you know fight different ways and, and it's no fun to just kind of do the same thing all the time. Sure. No. Definitely. So in, in these open world course uh, for Heroic, do you feel like it's pretty well balanced between the newer players coming in and then maybe you as an, as an older player, maybe a slightly higher level? How do you guys balance that out in your LARP in a game, or do you restrict it to sort of a certain level of power? Oh, no, it's not restricted. Every, every, everybody mixes in. Generally, there will be things for – there will be some sort of issue for higher level characters to deal with. At this, this particular game, there was about half a dozen of us who were higher level. And but then there were there were about there were a total of of uh, seventy five players uh, at that event, and they had uh, I think they had fifteen or twenty NPCs maybe. So the NPCs were all kind of big and beefy, and even if you were a high level guy, they were tough. And uh, really, the only way to take them all on was to was to kind of attack them in shoals of piranha. Uh, <laughs> 
So, you know, you kind of even the high level guys sort of wound up just being a particularly beefy piranha rather than being a great white shark in the crowd of piranha. You know, we used to call this right. we, we used to call those dragon drills when uh, in Amp Guard, when we'd fight a big dragon that you pretty much just swarm it and uh, and just try and get in as many hits as you could. Just, you know, everyone was just doing a little bit, but that little so bit sort of added up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, dragon fights. IFGS dragon fights were the best. So um, I, don't, I don't actually know if you remember a, a guy named Bill Cowern um, from way back when. but uh, I, re- was... I remember the name, and if I saw his face, I'd probably remember it. Sure. He, he actually used to do Nero, and he, he used to call it San Quentin Prison um, because uh, he, he had this issue with, uh, you know, the, the little players would come in and, you know, be all wide-eyed and looking around and then immediately get their, their uh, bones jumped and all of their stuff taken by higher-level characters. Do you, do you guys end up with that problem, or do you have sort of rules against it, or is it just an etiquette thing? Uh, there's no rules against it, but uh, when it happens in when it happens in my chapter, I'm usually one of the higher-level players, and, and, and uh, 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 if somebody's doing that to a low-level player, I, I'm going to have words with him. Justice, character. Is, justice uh, is swift. Yeah. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say justice is swift, but there's 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 repercussions, and uh, we usually yeah, the culture that we've got going, uh, we really don't have a problem with uh, a whole lot of player on player violence. So we it happens, but it, it always there's a there's sort of a, a structure for it within the culture, and uh, so it, it's all right for you to to square off against somebody and, and and tool them down if you have to. Taking his stuff, that's not that's not kosher. You know, taking right. something from him, taking a trophy of your victory. Yeah, I mean, if the guy went up against you and and and, and that's how it turned out, that's fine. But but yeah, if we, if we see the if we see the big kids beating up on the little kids, the other big kids don't like that. That's a good way to pick a fight with one of the other big kids is to find. Ah, uh, yes, right. In front of them. Yeah, we we actually so we run um, what in IFGS are called bar games, which are sort of single room. I mean, they're sort of single location games. Yes. Um, and we actually have have a. A problem in that we're constantly trying to figure out how to deal with the fact that you know the high level characters are have so much power and the low level characters don't and if you throw a problem against them without sort of artificially separating them out first the higher level characters always go deal with it right do, do have you seen have you seen that same kind of problem or or do you guys just have enough sort of people resources that it's easy to split everybody up um it's it's not the same problem because the differences in levels and and some of the differences in the in the in the game system itself are not so extreme. For example, I mean, if you've got a player who's who's been there for say he's been playing for six months, he's been showing up to events regularly. His character probably, I mean, if he's a spellcaster, he's dishing out many of the of the high level spells that the high level guys are. If he's a fighter, he's probably in, in he's probably a little bit less uh, uh, of a threat, but he's still he, he's probably a little bit less in terms of, of being equal to one of the higher level guys. But he can still be useful if he finds a, a particular role to serve on the in, in the game. I think that I mean there, there's such a, there's such a difference even between every single level in in I in, in IFGS. Sure. Uh, uh, you know, we but first level to second level to third level to fourth level, and a fifth level guy will clean the clock of a third level guy, and that's all there is to it, uh, sort of generally speaking. Uh, uh, but when you get into when you get into 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 the the Nero type system or the heroic system, a lot of it depends. Once you hit a certain level, I mean, once you're somewhere in the mid levels, uh, how effective you are in the game is largely based on how intelligent you are as a player. Oh, okay, uh, great. And while you could go abuse one of the low level guys, I mean, that just really it's not much fun, it, it, you know, to play the game that way. Understood. So, uh, just a question here, as as a, as a sort of a stick jock here, someone who likes to fight. The, not only that, how much does fighting skill do you feel like uh, matter in, in your system? Do you feel like – I mean, of course, it, d- it definitely matters, but do you feel like levels matter more than fighting skill? Or do you feel like fighting skill and intelligence definitely trump uh, trump level? Oh, skill and intelligence trump level almost every time. Okay. Uh, um, I mean, th- there are times when there's just no substitute for having a big beefy fighter, you know, call him, you know shouting a big number when he swings a stick. Uh, but generally speaking, if you've got, you know, I've been to events where we played teams that were, you know, 15 or 20 levels under the average player level of the event. And yet, you know, our crew was able to, to dominate the, the portion of the game that we were in because we, you know, we worked well together. We worked effectively together. And, and that really, that, 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 that counts for a lot more, I think, than, than, than just being able to shout, oh, I've, oh, here's a, here's, here's a, a gazillion point blast. Here's a gazillion and 20 point blast. <laughs> It's like right. uh, okay, well, but you know, we were smart and we 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 took care of the problem this way. Oh, nobody thought of that. Right. Yes, a gazillion point blast doesn't help you if it's aimed at the wrong thing. Yeah, exactly. 
so if a new person, let's say, wanted to come out and, and play in your LARP, how easy is it to get involved? Is it? I take it you guys walk people through their first game or whatnot. Could you sort of talk us through that? So if let's say we wanted to come out and try out your LARP, for instance, like what would sort of that experience be like? Uh, okay, in the first place, uh, at your first event, you can die as many times as you want. And there's no repercussions to your character on a permanent basis, <laughs> uh, which is. Yeah, so I mean, and that's just meant to take the to take the the pressure off the player, so that they do get killed. It's not like okay, well, this is gonna this is going on your character's permanent record, you know, because uh, uh, eventually the, that's the way their system is set up. Eventually, if you get killed often enough, your character doesn't come back from it anymore. Right. Um. Uh. In this, let's see, you would get set. I mean, you you'll you'll get set up with basic starting equipment. Uh. You there's always a new player liaison that that will settle that will sit down and talk to new players and get them familiar with their character and what they can do. Um, there is, there will generally be, if there's, if there's more than, than, than like one new player, uh, there will generally be portions of the game that are, that are designed specifically for those people. Uh, so, you know, they'll, they'll, you'll, you'll be able to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and, and one of the higher level characters will say something like, okay, I need to get into this part of the, into this part of the world. And I've got to get to the center of the swamp and get to and do this ritual that's in there. And I'm going to need people to keep these swamp rats off me while I'm on the way. And I need, and, and you guys would be, would be good for that job. Or are you willing to come with me? And, and that, that's, you kind of drag the new players along into, you know, into hideous danger with you. Okay. Um, but I mean, generally speaking, um, uh, you know, we try and make sure that everybody who's showing up, everybody who's new has got, has got, has got their, their, you know, has got the ability to participate in the game and, and to change the way it, 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 things come out. Great. So another thing that we always wonder that, about our guests, and we, we sort of ask everyone when they come on, and, and we just love your opinion here. When you're playing a game, what is your favorite types of games that you play? The tape, favorite types of quests that you go on? Do you like ones that have lots of fighting? Do you like ones with lots of mental puzzles with, like, very... God, no puzzles! No, no puzzles. puzzles. Oh, really? Not okay. a puzzle guy. All right. I, I swear to God, I mean, the, the, the main reason I, I started carrying a, a shield instead of instead of two swords when I was playing the game was so that when we got to the mental puzzle, I could toss the shield on the ground and take a nap, and and let <laughs> let the skinny guys with big brains figure out the, the the puzzle, and somebody wake up the fighter when the when the thinking's done, and, and somebody needs to get chopped. We have we have another friend that's exactly like that. He just he can't stand the mental puzzles, and it always seems like when he's on a team that he's always the one that that ends up sort of taking the front of that and trying to figure it out, and he can't stand doing them. Oh yeah, I hate those things. Uh, and, and, and the local chapter, there's all kinds of mental puzzles at the local chapter. And, and I wanted to play a wizard, but if I, there was only a couple of different flavors of wizard to play. And if I wanted to play the, the one flavor, I would have to, you know, I would have to be doing these puzzles all the time. So it's like, no, shut up. Give me the ogre barbarian wizard. You know, the ones who just, who just run, run around roaring and eating people. I'll play that guy. No puzzles. Stop it. <laughs> so, right. uh, other than LARPing, do you do any tabletop gaming, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, anything like that these days, or is it pretty much oh, yeah. all of your your fantasy element sort of with LARPing? Oh no, uh, no tabletoping, absolutely. Let's see, I, I got to uh, do a little playtesting for the new D and D. Oh nice. Uh, the, yeah, the one's coming. What did you, you think I, of it? I, I've I've sort of been reading through some of the the reviews of it and sort of just following along the playtest, but I haven't gotten to try it yet. I would love your um, your opinion. I'll, I'll I'll tell you this: I was a playtester for Fourth Edition. And and I don't know why they had playtesters for it because they already had all the books printed up and everything, you know, before they were getting any playtester feedback. But uh, uh, when I was filling out the feedback, they're like, okay, can you summarize in 25 words or less your opinion of fourth edition D and D? And so I wrote a two-word summary, which was new Coke. Ah, uh, yes, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, and, some people uh, are going to like it, but all the the old regulars probably are just going to think that it's it's nothing yeah. like the old stuff. Well, I, actually, I think Fourth Edition makes a great would make a great video game and make an awesome video game. It uh, did. Make, I mean, I think that it did, it was a video game, right? As a but as a role play system, as a tabletop system, it, it was just so clunky and there were so many different. It was so intricate. Kind of lost uh, uh, a lot of the fun. I think. Um, I think the new one that's the, the new system that's coming out. Uh, I think they kind of they kind of got it. Uh, sure. I hope that they they manage to recover in time uh, uh, and that they can you know they they'll they'll have D and D be more like D and D again. As I'd say, all of the stat blocks that they've shown so far look, you know, sort of surprisingly third edition. Yeah, it's it's they're really going back that direction pretty hard. Now right. they're 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 keeping a bunch of aspects of, of fourth edition, but they're keeping them as uh, extra rule sets and optional a, optional play packages, uh, so that you don't have to you know if you if you don't want to do that you you don't have to you don't have to engage the, you know the the X number of abilities package. So. Right. I, here's a here's a question. Are there any 
role-playing characters, either LARPing or tabletop, that you've incorporated into your writing, either into the, the Dresden series or uh, Codex Alera that, that no one really knows about that you could sort of tell us and sort of give us a sort of an in on? Um, not really, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the characters that are fun in a LARP are not the, the characters that are necessarily fun in a book. Uh, uh, so, I mean, they're, they're, you're telling stories in a couple of different ways that, with that. So, uh, not so much. Although the character of Tavi in the in the, in the Codex Alera was was kind of loosely based on my son's uh, on my son playing LARP. Oh, that is oh, that is fun. Yeah, he was a, he's a, he's a fairly amazing LARPer. He's he's I mean he's uh, uh he's 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 that perfect height of just a little bit a little hair over six feet tall and and quick. So Oof. you know he's, he's he's got the speed and the reach and, and it's just a it's just a pain to fight him these days. I have to cheat left and right. <laughs> Um, so actually, I, I had a I had I had an interesting thought the other day, and that was I, I realized that in the in the Dresden books, you know, Harry does role play, which implies that in the world that he's in, there is also LARP. Yeah, oh, and, yeah, yeah, there is. And I was I was having this vision of of him trying out a LARP and like just accidentally letting off a force blast in someone's face when he gets surprised by the the orc coming around the the, the sharp corner. No, he wouldn't do that, but I, I did have a short story planned out for one time where uh, there was an actual orc uh, at, at the LARP, more or less. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, uh, well, you know, there were issues, and, and he had to show up to protect the, the poor LARPers. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those stories I haven't gotten to write. I haven't gotten to write yet, but I might one of these days. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. We had a we had a tabletop session at one point where um, the the main characters in in, in second edition AD and D were uh, teleported into a world where people were hitting them with foam and accusing them of cheating and things. And it took them a surprisingly long time to catch on to what was going on. Right. <laughs> Fairly hilarious. Yeah. I got to say my, my proudest moment as a dad was at a LARP game. You know, when you're, when you can say that as a parent, you know, my proudest yes. moment of parenting was at LARP. You've done well for yourself. <laughs> or, or you're a giant nerd. One of the two. Yes. Of so first of all, what was this, what was this moment that happened? Oh, we were playing at a, at a chapter in, uh, we we're playing a chapter up in up in Illinois, and we were on a, a it was it was about we were on a, a a night mod, and it was about two o'clock in the morning. We were we were marching down all these these boys these trails at a Boy Scout camp, and the NPCs were aliens. You can't call them aliens because that's copyrighted. Uh, so they were called the Brood, although that's copyrighted too by Marvel. But Marvel doesn't isn't isn't as, isn't as strict about policing it, I think. Anyway, but the NPCs they kind of had these spiky costumes, and you could only see them sort of in outline and. They each had a clicker that they carried with them, and they had little they had little glow sticks that were taped to their eyebrows to make little slitted red eyes. And so you would just see this spiky outlined shape, and then you'd start hearing clicks, and then you'd see the red eyes appearing out of the dark, and they'd come at you. Uh, uh, it, it was it was awesome and scary. And, and so we're there, you know, we're there playing and, and marching along in this phalanx of of kind of uh, Roman centurion, your Roman legion type troops, because uh, that was sort of the local flavor. Uh, and whereas the me and the kids characters had come from this other campaign uh, in, in in Kansas, which was sort of a Native American based campaign, so uh, we were used to doing all this real fluid hit and run forest fighting and and, and none of this formation stuff. And at one point, the, uh, uh, the 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 you know plot comes to it and says, okay, the tunnel narrows up here, so it's only two people wide. You're going to have to only go to go in with only two two people at a time. And uh, and and this made the shield wall people very nervous. And uh, so, so they're like, okay, well, who's going to be up front? Because they figured whoever it was was just going to take it a horrible beating over and over. And uh, I look at Jay and say, you up for this? And he's like, yeah, we can do this. He was about 16 at the time. And I say, uh, we'll volunteer to be up front if you like. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, the new guys, people from out of town. You guys go ahead and, and be the ones who are, who are taking the beating. We're like, all right. Fodder. Yeah, exactly. That was kind of the we'll, – we'll, we'll, we'll let you get ripped up, and then we'll come after you. And uh, 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 so – Instead of kind of doing this slow frog march forward like that we've been doing for a couple of hours, uh, as soon as the GM, the GM counts us back in the game, me and Jay take off sprinting at the first guy. We're both fighting two swords, and uh, we jump on the guy, and we just absolutely maul him and drop him and then jump over him before he's quite done falling down and sprint for the next guy who isn't ready for us because he's expecting us to come marching slowly along like they always do in that chapter. So he's, he's sort of barely staggered to his feet and only has one of his weapons in his hands, and then we beat him down. And we go to the next one, and and uh, you know we we keep doing this, and I realize after the third or fourth guy that we haven't taken a hit back, and then I realize on like the fifth or sixth guy, oh, the reason we're not taking any hits is because uh, I taught the boy how to fight, and so he fights uh, uh, he fights in exactly sort of exactly the same rhythm as I do, 
except we were attacking on alternating beats. So as soon as I would shift to the low line, he would be wow. up high, and then and then and then without needing to say anything to each other because we were just fighting in the same rhythm, I would shift to the high line, and he'd drop to the low line. And it was like these guys didn't have a chance. And so we we ran this thing that was the the, the original plan was for it to take us uh, about two hours to march down this length of, of of tunnel, and and me and the kid did it in about in about eleven minutes, and we got down to the end of it. And we dropped the last guy, and then we sort of and we sort of stopped, and we and, and we stopped and went back to back, and both looked around, and then both of us at the same time kind of sheathed our swords, samurai style, you know, exactly the same motion, and 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 then everybody was standing behind us, who was standing there behind us, watching us, goes, oh, that was cool, and starts clapping like that. You can't that script of... something that awesome. That is that is that is amazing to think that a father yeah, I... and son could have that bond. Yeah, I kind of turned to the kid, and, and I'm standing there next to the kid, and uh, and and, and, I, and under my breath, I'm like, "Okay, man, okay, be cool, be cool." Like we do this every day, we sort of fist bump like that, and, <laughs> and then just try to walk back into the group like it was nothing. Nice. So, as um the level of production that you guys have, do you? I imagine that if you're sort of making things up on the spot and setting things up sort of on the fly, is it is there a lot of sort of imagine the tunnel and like you guys are in a cave and that kind of thing or 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 is there sort of more stuff that gets done there's some of that there's a lot of um they'll go in and decorate up a building um one of the things that chapters have to do is they have to establish a prop and wardrobe department that is fairly huge um uh, and maintain it and have it at every game uh so if you need to you know if you need to set up a giant spider web thing you got to have your you know you got to have your your giant spider web equipment so that you can do that uh they try and use a lot of uh, natural outdoor settings uh, for a lot of the stuff, so that you don't have to build things all the time. Um, a lot of times, they'll you'll you'll have like a big uh, uh, you know you'll have like a group lodge that's full of of bunks and so on, bunk houses at camps, and they'll take the bunks and they'll rearrange them into you know into tunnels and things that you have to fight your way through. Or they'll take the mattresses and and, and right. stack them up so that you know you're you know I've actually had to fight a guy you know with a dagger. While we were both crawling in this tunnel that was only six inches high, uh, uh, you know, he was playing a rat, and I was, I was, I, you know, I was the guy who was up, who was dumb enough to be first, and uh, 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 so you, know, I actually had to, I had to fight him with a dagger while we we're both laying on our stomachs under under this low ceiling thing, uh, which was a lot of fun. So we're currently writing a plot, and uh, my wife is very interested in, in steampunk, and I know that you are sort of in the middle of a, a new steampunk series. And I would just love to hear sort of about what your favorite uh, parts of the genre, what shouldn't we miss, what what seems to work really well for you, and, and just sort of get some ideas from you about, about what you really like about the steampunk uh, genre. Oh, well, the, the, the best part about the steampunk genre is the costuming, obviously. Of course. Uh, there are some, there is snazzy steampunk wardrobe out there, and that's a lot of fun, um, uh, uh, including you know the various props and stuff. Uh, I, I really dig the uh, the notion of airships. Uh, the steampunk that I'm writing is is sort of a, a, a kind of a, a horn blower meets X Men sort of uh, uh, setup, um, uh, and and which and I think it'll be a whole lot of fun. Airship. Um, I wish we could do airships and LARPing. That's the one thing that's like, how do you recreate that type of effect? It's it's a really hard effect to do. Either you're you're uh, role playing a lot of it when like it's an airship within a building, like the you know, but there's not a whole lot you can really do like flying around, of course. So it's, it's you can't hard to jump from that. ship to ship. Exactly. Exactly. Once we fight her up under their balloon to tear it apart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I suppose you could if you wanted to. Uh, uh... Uh, uh, I mean, if you wanted to build a, 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 a some sort of airship model on a on a trailer, oh, that's I a mean, fabulous idea. I hadn't even thought of that yeah, on I mean, the back of a truck. Yeah, a trailer. Yeah, so and, did, and you have to have somebody pull it. But yeah, they did something like that out here um, a while ago. It actually got into the local papers. Um, they wrote there was a, a a ship game where they had two ships um, that actually you know moved and got close, and they had to fight ship to ship and all that. But uh, you know, we played a pirate game where they actually made ship frames out of PVC, and uh, uh, you had and you had to carry your ship frame to, to be sailing, uh, 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 and uh, you know you're, you would have to have a crew and everybody pick it up, and you would have to make sure the PVC didn't fall apart or your ship would spring a leak. <laughs> we kept getting attacked by pirates whose ships were made out of bamboo. They were superior technology. They'd been lashed together so one pirate could carry it, while the other ones were were, were shooting arrows and stuff. Seems so, so unfair. <laughs> bamboo technology. Yeah, awesome. bamboo technology unfair. Well, 
all right. I, I think we're about to we're going to move into our our, our five questions. Uh, we we ask these of of everyone that comes on the show. Um, they are you know a little bit. There's at least one that's kind of IFGS centric, but you know feel free okay. to. But um, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll just we'll just hit them and go from there. Okay. The, okay. the, the five questions. Will you got the first one? Okay. What is the best class? Fighter. <laughs> You're close. The popular answer on the show, it seems to have been Knight for us here. I think Will's a big fan of Knights. I was Thief, but I think Fighter might might be one let's, of our second. Let's, second actually, let's, no, let's be clear. I, I was one of the guys who, who always played a Fighter because I was sick of the Knights dominating everything. Well, I was actually about to say, like, it's not actually true. Most people don't answer Knight, but Knight is, in fact, the correct answer. Oh, I see. I see. He's yes. very sure of this. Um, question number two. What was your favorite game? And it doesn't have to be IFGS. It could also be Heroics. What, what, any game, any LARP game that you've done, favorite game overall. Tell us about it. Oh, it was, uh, it was an IFGS game in Colorado many moons ago called, uh, I think it was called To Hell and Back. Oh, yeah. Where you actually had to fill out, uh, it was based on Dante's Inferno, and you actually had to fill out a six-page questionnaire of, of, uh, what you, of what sins your character had committed and so on. And then you actually proceeded down into hell, and demon showed up to tempt you with, uh, uh, with you know, your character's weaknesses and so on. So funny story. Uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to move, and I've got some demon wings out on my porch in a in a garbage bag that are from Hell and Back. That was the last time they were used. Someone was cleaning out their garage and dropped them off with me, and and they said, "Oh, these are from To Hell and Back." And I had never seen them before because I hadn't played in that game. So. Oh, it was it was a fun game. It was it was awesome. I, I I got to watch our party's mage just turn from Jedi to Sith over the course of the day. <laughs> you, know, was, nice. you could just see her soul turning black as 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 the game went on was was that the one where they had the uh, pyrotechnics down in the quarry i don't remember pyrotechnics i do remember a bridge that we had to do a bridge fight where you were on one side of the bridge was this giant you had to kill and he had a bunch he had a, he had cerberus and he had a bunch of, he had a bunch of fairly you know peppy sidekicks and then there were about 20 orcs on the other side of the bridge and me and the party's thief had to hold the bridge against all these orcs nice yeah well, fantastic cool. very cool I, yeah I, i'm pretty sure that was a ray michelle game i'll make sure that he uh he hears that that was your favorite game oh yeah to hell and back was awesome that was a lot of fun um okay so if your favorite character had to die how would you want him or her to go out oh uh my favorite larp character yeah well ideally <laughs> Um, I suppose I suppose we've already seen how some of your other your how how some of your other favorite characters have died. Uh, I would say uh, buried under a tide of female vampires played by hot NPC girls. Fair enough. Best I, answer that's, if you, yet. If you've got to go out, that's the way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw this saving the world stuff. I I think you're I think you're onto something. Saving the world is the common answer. I think that's what most people say, but I th I think your answer is much better. <laughs> well, it's 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 honest anyway. Um, okay, and here's the here's the IFGS centric one. What's the one thing you wish you could change about the IFGS? The one thing I wish you could change about IFGS? Probably more world course games. Sure. Uh, a little bit more fluid structure. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, we have a we have another member here named Tom Matthews who's pushing who pushes very heavily for that kind of thing. And oh yeah, I would, I would love to figure out how to do that. Uh, uh, in fact, it was Tom. I think I believe it was, if I remember right, it was Tom Matthews who was playing the thief who was helping me hold that bridge into hell. On the bridge. Yeah, I'll I have to so. ask him about that story. Yeah. Yeah, there was a dragon fight in that game too, and he his thief was awesome in that fight because there was like six different NPCs playing the dragon, and he just ran counter counterclockwise around the dragon in circles, backstabbing each one. Let's be clear. There's very little that Tom Matthews isn't awesome at. So. <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's how I remember him. Okay, and final question. If you could get one person, fictional or real, to play on a team, who would it be and why? One person, fictional or real, to play on a team. Uh, well, I wouldn't want to pick any of my characters because most of them would probably hit me. Uh, <laughs> or at least if I'm doing my job, they would. You know, you know what, you know what I would, who, what I, who I would like to get to play? I'd like to get Dwayne The Rock Johnson to come play a fighter in a game. <laughs> there you go. That would be awesome. That would be pretty. That would be pretty amazing. We'd have to. We'd have to donate him some points or something so that he could play a higher level fighter, though, because I just don't see him seeing you know standing around going two, two. <laughs> exactly. The intimidation factor of seeing someone like that, at least here in Colorado, we don't have anyone you know that big and built really playing. So that would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. Great. Well, um, 
so final sort of to finish up, uh, we'd just like to give you a chance to sort of talk about what's been going on with you, your new book series, uh, anything you want to announce or sort of tell to our audience and sort of plug. You know, we really appreciate you coming on. Oh, um, nothing in particular, I guess. Uh, the new steampunk series is called The Cinder Spires. Uh, it doesn't have a publication date yet, but I imagine it'll be out sometime either. I imagine it'll be out sometime next spring. Spring, okay. Yeah, the new the uh, the new Dresden Files book is going to be called Skin Game. I'm I'm I've I've got to get I, I'm a little late getting started on it because I've been working on the the steampunk and getting that done. But that's that'll be out uh, later this year, and that should be that should also be a lot of fun. My, a friend of mine, I was on a Skype call before this, and I had mentioned that we were doing this podcast and that you were going to be on it. And she knows nothing about LARP, but she's a huge fantasy reader. And she's all like, find out when the next uh, the next Dresden File book is coming out. I really, really want to know. So she'll be really happy to hear this. Okay, good. And and I would, of course, be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that my, my wife is a, a new convert. She she devoured the Codex Alera, and she is now on uh, Full Moon for the first time. So. Oh, Okay. That's yes. that's the one bad thing about the Dresden Files is the long running series is that people have to start with the the first couple of books which I wrote when I knew the least about writing. So yeah. I, I always tell people don't start with books one through six. Start with book seven and then go back and get one through six later. But book well, seven so is a much better place to start. The funny thing is when I started reading them, all my friends said, you know, wait till you get to book four before you make any judgments. Uh -huh. um, so uh, so at least they their confidence starts in you much earlier than yours does. Oh well, okay then. But uh, but yeah, no, I I mean I. Even even my wife, she was reading the first one. She's like, I don't get it. Why 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 are these so cool? And then about a day later, she was like, Okay, I, I got it. I got it. I'm never gonna sleep again. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad I can do that. Yes, it worked out well. So, okay. are you are you doing WeirdCon here soon? Is that, that is that on your agenda? Yes. Yes, I'm off to WeirdCon, and uh, I'm going to be. The, the, apparently, they run some sort of Starship LARP. Uh, oh yeah. Got like. Where you've got like a, a bridge crew and a crew and away teams and and, and fighter pilots and it's, it's kind of a Battlestar Galactica sort of thing. Oh wow! Uh, nice. And I know nothing about it, but they're going to have me be the captain, and I think that's awesome. That sounds that's like a cool. lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to, to decide come, what. Trying to decide to if, I, if I want to be like the incompetent captain, you know, and that that the crew has to cover for him. I guess the space quest captain. Yes, exactly. You'll have to blog about it or something because I'm really interested to hear how this how this LARP goes from your experience, from your uh, point of view. That just sounds like a really fun idea. It should be it should be a really good time. Fantastic. Well, thanks a lot. I I really appreciate you coming on. It was a as I said, it was an enormous or and Mike said it was an enormous surprise that you were uh, available and and willing to come on. Well, and no, I, I do. People call me and ask me to show up places, and I say okay. And that's how it <laughs> and, works. I mean, you and, know. and then they, their jaw drops and they go, "What? How, that was way easier than it should have been." Uh, but, no, I'm, I'm just a regular nerd. I, I just happen to I happen to have gotten a little bit lucky with the job. So, for your LARP, if if someone wanted to come down, where what's your guys's website? Uh, where how can people get involved? Uh, you can go to heroicit.net. There are chapters all over the Midwest, and there's we're adding more all the time. Um, it's a great game system that is meant to encompass any genre of, of game that you want to play. We have steampunk chapters, we have uh, steampunk campaigns, fantasy campaigns, uh, post-apocalyptic campaigns. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's a really great system, and uh, it's meant to it's meant to uh, really to, to get rid of a lot of the, the, the pains of a lot of role-playing systems that we've seen so far, and, and to get down to the fun stuff. That's nice. great. What a great thing. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, thanks again, and uh, yeah, really appreciate you coming on. No problem, guys. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thanks a lot. Have a good evening. You too. Hi, and we're back. And that was Jim Butcher. And uh, yeah, it was great having him on the podcast. Fantastic. So what happened, Will? Like, I didn't even know you had asked Jim Butcher. And <laughs> I just get this email, I don't know, forwarded to me from you, from his assistant. So tell, what, what happened here? Well, yeah, so I had uh, I had just thought one day, like, he would be a fantastic person to have on since he was, in fact, the the first person mentioned in the five questions as, as a person we would want on a team, right? That was easy, right? No, that was me. Okay. Um, Sorry. And uh, so I went to his website, and he had some contact information from his for his publisher. You know, if you want to get in contact with Jim Butcher, write to blah blah blah. So I wrote to them, and you know, said, "Hey, we're this IFGS podcast. He used to do IFGS back in the day. You know, would you be interested in coming on the show?" And I got back this message that said, uh, "We're out of the office, and we will talk to you on Monday." So. I, I kind of didn't 
really think of it again for a while. Um, and then I realized that they, they had in fact never written me back. So I don't know, a few weeks later, I wrote again and said, Hey, you know, I, I sent this email, you know, and we're still interested in having him on. And in a really short amount of time, I think it might've been the next day, his assistant, Sarah wrote me back and said, he'd love to come on. When would you like to do it? And I was a little shocked and I thought, you know, this would be a great time to let Mike know that I had asked him in the first place. So, uh, yeah, I forwarded that email on to you and, uh, and the rest is history. Although I, I, uh, I am not guaranteeing he's the last surprise guest that I've, I've contacted. No, really? You've, uh, I'm, I'm not saying I might've, I may not have, you never know. I, yeah, I saw the email from you when it came in that day and I was like, what, what, what? <laughs> William, <laughs> what's going on here? So, I went rogue. Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, uh, let's talk about a little bit what's going on with us and IFGS lately, and and uh, yeah. So what's been going on, Mark? Holy crap! It it just feels like things have are sort of accelerating a little bit. I think the the March April is going to be quite a transition. March April May 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 we're pretty busy too because we've got a game at the beginning of May that we're trying to get run. I'm hoping that one's not going to be too bad. The props production look a lot better than this bar game that we're doing in a few weeks. Let me just tell you, the props list is, is for for a normal all day line course uh, for for this game is is like let's say two pages. For the bar game that we're doing in on April sixth, Vineyard's Blood Game, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, it's like six pages. It's like three times as many props and way more that I have to build. It's mostly just costumes for the line course. It's it's crazy how different they are. Like I yeah. expected it to be a little bit a little bit harder, but and and let's be clear. Bloodgate, which is actually Vineyard's Bloodgate Part 1, uh, would have had even more props if we hadn't cut it in half. I don't know what we were thinking. Yeah, so for those that don't know, we were writing this game, Vineyard's Bloodgate. It's the the next bar game, and, and we had some great ideas, and they're still great ideas. But we just realized <laughs> we, we could not do this all in one game. So, yeah, we sort of took an axe to it, and we, we considered making the next one a uh, separate title, but we decided, we, you know, it's really their, their, you know, it's sort of continuation of the same story. So we got part one, part two, and, and they're going to be both epic games, I think. The production level is really high. Uh, they're happening on April 6th, uh, 5 o'clock at uh, the clubhouse in South Boulder, where we do the rest of our, all the rest of our bar games. Um, so, yeah, everyone hopefully can come. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I'm actually mostly worried that we're just not going to have the PCs to, to support the game. Yeah, I, I've been hearing some rumblings. I think we're going to be okay. But still, oh, really? every, everyone should go. Low level, high level, doesn't matter. It's, you know, don't we be scared off We have stuff for game. you. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a fun game, I think, all along. I think people are going to have a good time. Uh, this week, uh, on the 23rd, uh, is Nexus 3. Um, and this podcast may or may not come out before Nexus 3. We're going to try and get it out beforehand, but we can't promise. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be my first Nexus game. Yeah. Pop in my That's Nexus so version. Virginia. Yeah, we'll we'll try to be gentle. The yeah. Nexus games can be pretty brutal, though. I've got a new character that I'm I'm planning on introducing. Actually, I have two new characters I may introduce. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know about these. Uh, you know about one of them, my monk. <laughs> You're gonna bring a, your monk into a Nexus game? Yeah, why not? Well, I can I can name a number of things, but I don't think you want me to. Yeah, and then the other character <laughs> is I haven't decided. Uh, yeah, it's a little surprise. I think I'll I'll surprise you with that one. We'll see. Ooh. Yeah. But uh, writing, what's been going on with writing, sanctioning? Not that much, actually. I mean, cer certainly getting things through sanctioning has been going on, but you've been taking care of most of that. But yeah, as far as writing goes, um, I did a little bit of work on this game called Strange Bedfellows, which is a really low fighting game, really high role-playing game. But other than that, I've, I, I've just had other things to do, and I, I haven't really touched it. Right. Yeah, Vineyard's Bloodgate, to let everyone know, we uh, it, was, it was sort of an interesting thing that... I was sort of tasked with one encounter in the in the game, and it's actually not 100% finished, just to let our, our studio audience know the truth. Uh, the sanction committee has a version of the game. I think studio audience means that they're right here, which pretty much means Ellie and Amy. So, yeah. so it's not quite finished. I actually had a little bit of, of writer's block. We came up with a, sort of an interesting idea, and I didn't know how to sort of finish it out. So I'm waiting for the next draft to get back from the from the SC, and then uh, what will happen is uh, I'll probably finish up that encounter. So I'm looking forward to that. I've got some good ideas, and I, I think it's ready to be finished now. I'm just waiting for the next uh, version to come back from the, the sanctioning committee. Nice. Yeah. Um, and also, we've sort of got some games in sanctioning right now that we're trying to sort of to work through. We've got a game for next fall called uh, Heart of the Highlands. It's pretty close. That one should be good. We've got one little issue still left with that. And what's, what's the other game we have? Oh, Long Way From Home. Long Way From Home. 
Yeah, long way from home. I, I think people may have we may have talked about this already, but it's a uh, it's sort of an intro to to Gwynedd game. Um, it's it's meant for it's it's a two tiered game. So there's a low level tier and a mid level tier. Um, but yeah, it's meant for sort of existing characters to go to Gwynedd and say, oh, this is what the heck's going on. So, it, yeah, I'm. I think it's it's a good game. I think. Yeah, Gwynedd. Gwynedd, if you don't know, is is one of our worlds that we're starting to write a lot of our uh, most current games in. It's a very political world. There's a lot of factions, um, a lot of organizations. So yeah, we're just trying to sort of slide those in and and sort of introduce those to everyone. Uh, props, costumes. You working on anything fun? Oh, I'm not. I wouldn't say fun there, Joe. But um, yeah, I mean, certainly working on a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm also working on you know the usual batch of weapons and things. I'm fixing up one of your swords. I'm you know doing all sorts of stuff, building my first pockets, um, and then just making some costumes and stuff for Vineyards B. Yeah, yeah, Vineyards B. I've got a. I went to the prop soccer the other day and I, I pulled a whole bunch of props I needed. And I think I went a little overboard. I realized usually they can fit all the props for Vineyards B in in your car and my car and, and Joel's car, and. Um, the pile right now will not fit into those three vehicles. Not this time. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. think that's really about it. So, um, yeah, we've got, I think, next our next episode after this, we're going to sort of come back to what we talked about last time with Jeff Lotz, and we're going to talk about team building, hopefully. So I uh, look forward to that. I'm excited. Time. That was it. I enjoyed that last one. I thought, it, thought Jeff was a good guest. I think it was a, it was a really good episode. Absolutely. Me too. So uh, I think that's it for tonight. So everyone, have a great night, and... Uh, Remember, uh, fighters fight. What, what happened to the, the the languages? You know, I I was yeah. really looking forward to that. Yeah, I was gonna do. I was gonna end it and end everyone in a new language. But uh, yeah, I just haven't quite gotten to that. Okay, hold on. I'm I'm looking up right here. Okay, we're both gonna come, and then everyone, our our audience, can vote on what's best. Oh, okay, great. I'm gonna pick the random uh, version. So, uh, are you ready? I'm not. Okay. I haven't decided what. So I'm going from. English. Where's English? English. Okay. Here we go. Vetchers Vetchen. Oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> well, I have Vechters Vech. Mine's Dutch. What's yours? Afrikaans, which, oh. is, why they, which is why they sound so similar. So close. <laughs> okay. Well, have a good night, everyone, and, uh, and we'll be back with you soon. Remember, Vechters Vech. Vech.